Thank you, Betsy and choir, Joe and Edith, Jonathan leading us. I hope you're encouraged by the worshipful music and the joining of our voices together in praise and adoration to an awesome God. And I'm so very glad that we're together today. I'm so very glad to have my daughter and son-in-law with us and our grandchild. And I pray that this is a message that will encourage you in your Christian walk today. When you walk around town, are you not a little amazed at our obsession with our phones? It's kind of crazy, isn't it? I mean, you see, you even see people like on a date, a young couple on a date, and they're kind of texting each other while they're on a date. I don't get it. But anyway, but we do have an obsession about it. And, and people uh, want to know what's going on. And it, it's, it's really kind of shocking. But when, as we look at it, you know, there's things like they have all these apps now, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, uh, Snapchat. Social media is just the way we find out what's going on. And yet uh, there's a phenomenon that social scientists tell us about that part of the reason that we're obsessed with this is that we have this thing called FOMO. It's a fear of missing out what's happening in the latest and the greatest Trends, crazes. Now, really, who's interested in what's happening in Great Britain with the, um, Mexico? I'm not, but it's just burning up the social media. But it comes from this concept of fear of missing out. People want to know what's going on. They want to stay in tune with what's going on. It's a different generation than mine, but I recognize it. And so when we see that God desires to give us a purpose in life and to be uh, give us meaning beyond uh, ourselves, uh, bigger than social media, it causes me some concern because God is about his great work and what he's doing in the world. And he wants us to be a part of it. And as we um, look at this, do we have a FOMO about God's great work? Do we have a fear of missing out with what God's involved in? As much as we are committed to social media and our phones, sometimes we have misplaced priorities there. And so we need to be attentive to what God is doing and be a part of it. I like the passage where uh, Jesus is uh, moving about and the, the children are praising him and people, his disciples are praising him. And, and the Pharisees say to him, the scribes say, teacher, rebuke your disciples and Jesus answered, said, I tell you that if these remain silent, the stones will cry out. The stones will cry out if his disciples don't praise and glorify him. Now that's kind of troubling because we can be replaced by rocks if we don't praise. Now, I might be dumb as a rock, but I sure don't want to be replaced by a rock. So as long as the Lord gives me breath, I'll praise him. And I commend you for being here this morning, praising and adoring Christ. That's what we're called to. We could be replaced by the rocks. No, no, that's not what we're here for. We want to fulfill God's purpose for our life and be uh, about what he wants us to be. Last week we talked about, uh, we've been doing this um, 
devotional, God's great work. And we say God's great work is basically the great commandment and the great commission. Those put together uh, form God's great work, and we're a part of that. And we've gone through where today's the 19th, and so we're pretty much we're coming to this middle portion. So the first portion that we looked at was about our spiritual vitality, and we talked about our hindrances to our spiritual uh, uh, vitality. And this week we've been looking at God's will for our spiritual vitality, what he's given us to, uh, and what he's concerned about with our spiritual vitality. Next week, we're going to talk about how to gain it and to grow in it. And so we see uh, God's design for us to walk in it. And so when we looked at our hindrances to our spiritual vitality, um, or that life that Jesus called the abundant life, the first 10 days of our study, we were looking at some things that weren't quite so pretty, were they? And I got my toes stepped on. And then taking God's word and holding it up to my face, I saw that I was guilty of some of those things. We, we sang that song, um, going up to live in green pastures, and the phrase that caught my attention in that song was that we would not heed the voice of a stranger, but when we look at ourselves and our culture, clearly we have listened and heeded the voice of strangers. And those of the world, the flesh, and the devil. And we went into we discussed those and see how prevalent they are in our lives. And there's no room for that in the life of a Christian. And when we uh, looked at that, we saw that some of these are angerness and bitterness and self-centeredness, a lack of unity, lusting, prayerlessness, spiritual adultery, worldliness. Oh, my goodness. And when I point to you about these, i got three more pointing back at me. And I'm mindful of it. And yet, fortunately, God has a provision. And we were broken before the throne. We said, Lord, enough's enough. We need to be doing things your way. We seek the mercy and grace and the forgiveness of God in this. And that we repent of these things. And we turn from them. We do an about face in our attitude towards them. And it changes our behavior. We uh, return to the Lord. We are restored to him and we're refreshed in him. There's grace and mercy in the Lord. And that's what... That week, those 10 days are to remind us of. Now we're going to get into the second portion. We see God's will for spiritual vitality in his people. He desires that in us. He wants us to walk in what uh, Jesus said. I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. Not just getting by. He doesn't want us to get by. He wants us to walk in the abundant Life, And we're going to talk about that today. Let me ask, how many in this room have ever studied or taken the course Experiencing God? Have you ever done that? Several. Excellent. Excellent. Henry Blackaby and Claude King put this together. And it was a great study. And it focuses on God's will and his provision for spiritual vitality. It's about what he's doing to be a, for us to be a part of experiencing him. On the back of your handout, you have this illustration. You can take notes if you want. You don't have to. But it's a good little thing because it talks, we're going to talk about the spiritual life and spiritual vitality and the abundant life and why we sometimes experience and sometimes why we don't. But we see God and his love for us and his great work and what he's doing. 
And then as we are partakers of that and participators of it, we learn to experience God. But you can imagine there's some details here that we need to look at as we go from God's great work and how it's then implemented in our lives and how we experience God. And some things that you might not be aware of. And I hope that as we study this, we look at this, that we say, wow, that's where I've been kind of tripping up on this. This, That's where I've kind of not gotten it. And so that's what my hope is, and that you'd be encouraged to live the abundant life and to learn how to live the abundant life. Now, when we talk about God's great work, we said it's the great commandment. You shall, Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's the great commandment. Vertical, horizontal. Living that out, you, man, you're a Christ follower. You reflect or are the ref, image of Christ to the lost and dying world. You have that relationship with God, loving him and loving others. And then the great commission is go make disciples of all nations, teaching them to observe what I've taught you. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and to teach them. And I'm with you even to the end of the age. That's God's great work and we get to participate in that. And that's what we are asked to do. When we look at God's great work, we're to know him, to love him, to serve him, to be fully committed to him in heart, soul, mind, and strength, to love others as myself as he loves them, to make him known and uh, to all and to make disciples of all. Boy, that's exciting. That's what God's about. And he get, asks us to be a part of that. Now, in this first step, when we look at God's great work, we realize that God's great work, he's always at work around us. God is not a God who just created the world and said, Woo, and put it into motion and just sat back and let it happen. No, he is a very active God in the day in and day out affairs of our lives and of everyone in the world. He's a big God. And so he is always at work around us. And one of the greatest evidences of that is that we can know God personally. He reveals himself to us. How do we do that? We, we get to know him as Savior. When we realize that we have broken his law, we've shaken our fist in his holy face, that we're going to do things our way. When we've broken his commandments, we're guilty and we need a Savior. But when we hear of that Jesus Christ was sent to earth as a sacrifice for sin to pay for our sins, because without the shedding of blood, there could be no forgiveness of sin, he paid that price. And we realize that he did that for us, and we bow to him and say, Lord, save me. We call upon his name. Save me. We know him as Savior. And it doesn't stop there. He then becomes our Lord, and he, there's ways that he wants us to walk. And it's interesting that the next phase of our Christian growth is called lordship. We might not understand it all, but by faith we live it all. And that's how we grow as Christians. And then he is our teacher, the rabbi, and we're his followers. And we understand the reasons why he's telling us to do these things, to live this way. And we see the wisdom of God and, and we live it out. 
We see the wisdom of God and we just marvel at it. And we walk in his ways. And then as we do this for and grow in our faith, Jesus says, no longer do I call you servants, but I call you friend. Because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. But you've known everything that I've revealed to you. We become a friend to God. What a privilege that we have to be a friend of God. And that's what he desires for us. This close, intimate relationship that we know him as Savior, that we know him as Lord, that we know him as our teacher, that we know him as our best friend. I don't know about you, but I love spending time with my best friends. I love spending time with my family when they're here. And I want to spend time with my best friend. Each and every morning, I read his love letter to me. And I talk to him in prayer. I want to encourage you to do likewise. That's the nature of the relationship. And we want to understand the relationship of walking in experience with God. And experience life. The abundant life. And that's what he's calling us to. Now, as we see in this pattern, you see the first one. God's great work. And he now he desires and he is pursuing a relationship with us. And the scriptures say in Jeremiah 31.3 where it says, The Lord appeared to him from afar. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have drawn you with loving kindness. I have pursued you with everlasting kindness. That's the nature of the relationship that God wants to have with us. He is actively pursuing that relationship with us. He See this, that, that God is continuing a love relationship with you that is real and is personal. We talk about Christianity being a relationship and not a religion, and that is definitely true. It distinguishes it from every other world religion. Every other world religion, man attains, tries to get better and better, get closer to God. Christianity is different in that God has reached down to us. And saved us and he desires a relationship with us. It's not just fire insurance. It's not just, oh, I'm not going to hell. And sometimes we present salvation as fire insurance, but it's so much more. And we need to be mindful of that and appreciative of that. He desires this relationship, but <clears throat> I want to caution you. God pursues us, but he doesn't beg us. He doesn't beg us. And he's not going to come begging when we're doing our own thing. He's going to pursue us. And he brings situations. But sometimes we can cross a line. And we need to be very careful of that. So we see this relationship. And then and then we see that God invites us into this relationship, into this work, this great work. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give to you. Key words in there is, I chose you. I invited you. And God wants that. It's personal. It's not some big theological uh, concept. I invited you. And I want you to uh, join me in this. So God invites you to join him in his great work. It's an honor, but many consider it a hardship. It's a privilege, but many consider it a pain. 
And to that I have to say we must repent or change our thinking about that. That the King of Glory wants to invite you into his work, be a part of it. We need to repent of thinking it's a it's a pain or a hardship. And that will change our behavior, change our thinking. Think, consider the greatness of what he's done. And then when we see uh this process, and we see this figure in the middle. What does that look like? But Moses and the burning bush. We read that in Exodus. And it talks about God speaking to us. And what a great and mighty privilege we have living in the day we're living in that God speaks to us. The scriptures tell us about God speaking to us. He says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes... He will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you whatever is to come. What is to come? The Holy Spirit is a very powerful God, and he communicates to us. Let's see how he speaks by his Holy Spirit. He speaks in his word, our Bible reading, and uh, each and every day when we read the word of God. God speaks through his Holy Spirit, through his holy word. And if you don't think it's his holy word, then we can discuss that. But it is his holy word, and he speaks through his word. He speaks in prayer, whether it's private or whether it's public prayer, God speaks to us in prayer. And we speak to him in prayer. That's why we've put made it such a high priority to be a praying church. Because we then listen and hear the Holy Spirit as we pray. And then he works in our church. The preaching, hopefully I am in preaching such a way that you are hearing the word of God, you're listening to the Holy Spirit. In your Sunday school classes, the teaching that you're hearing, great. we have great teachers here at Kashai. And I hope you're taking an a, a opportunity to be a part of a good Sunday school class where you're hearing the word of God taught and learning to listen to God. The Holy Spirit in that lesson. And then we have godly people in our church that speak truth to one another. And who knows that the Holy Spirit is using you to communicate to another. And we learn to listen to that voice. Some people say, well, I don't need church. Well, maybe God is going to use you to speak truth to someone. Sometimes we think it's all about me. What do I get out of church? Well, maybe God wants you to be a blessing to someone in church. And so we all have an important role to fill as we're led by the Holy Spirit to be his instrument. In circumstances, God works and speaks in circumstances. There are God-ordained events that occur that lead you to understand, to hear God speaking to us. We just need to be attentive to it and hear him speak and ha- hear that still, small voice. 
And so the question is, why does he speak? And the answer is, to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. That we not be ignorant of these things, that we learn, Lord, you're speaking. So we see that God speaks to us. He, he, he's at doing this great work. He wants a relationship with us. He invites us into this. He speaks to us in his word, through his Holy Spirit, through his people, through preaching and teaching and, and uh, circumstances. He's speaking to us. We need to learn to listen to us. And that causes us what we call a crisis of belief. So we hear, and now we have to make a decision. Because one of these famous verses, and Joshua said it, he says, Choose for yourselves today whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I have a lovely plaque of this in my uh, dining room. And it's a it's a wood-graved uh, plaque. It's beautiful. But we have a choice to make when we hear God speak. What Blackaby says here, he says, God speaking an invitation to us leads us to a crisis of belief that involves a decision, a choice um, that requires faith and action on our part. Is when God speak truth or fiction? Is it true or false? Now, I don't want you to be like the little guy in, in the fifth grade. He was uh, taking a test, and it was a true and false test, and he's sitting there, and he really hadn't prepared for it, and so he wasn't a very good student. And right in the start of the test, he started flipping a coin. Write down an answer, flipping his coin. And then he's sitting there for a couple minutes, and he starts doing it again. And the teacher goes up to him, what in the world are you doing? He says, well, it's a true or false test. Heads, it's true. Tails, it's false. I'm just checking my answers. (laughs) No, we, we need to come to God's word and determine, is God's word true or is it false? And if it's true, what does it require of us? And that's what we need to be very aware of. How are we going to respond to God? That's where that crisis of belief comes in. We have to make a choice. And so when we see this crisis of belief, okay, so I say it's true. Now what? Adjustments. I've got to make adjustments because my way might not be what God's way is. I've got to make an adjustment. It says, in Romans, I love what Paul says here. He says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We don't conform to the world. We've got to make adjustments to it. We've got to be transformed by the word of God. We can't just go on doing our own thing. No, he, we have to make adjustments. And so this is what... We, we recognize is that you must make major adjustments in your life to join God in his great work. And that's where the rub is, isn't it? It's not about me. I've got to conform to his will rather than mine. But I want to tell you, it's not always easy, is it? I love the illustration of the potter and the clay. 
the potter with his skillful hands and we're the clay and he's molding us and making us after his will. Sometimes there's pressure, isn't there? Sometimes there's a little pain, isn't there? He'll, he'll get a little of the water and he'll make it, he can do it. But as we're yielded to him, we see that he's doing something beautiful for his purposes. So it's not always easy, but it's always important. And it's, it's always rewarding. I can assure you of this. It's always rewarding for the scriptures tell us that one day we're going to stand before the Lord Jesus at that beam of judgment. He's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I want that to be in the central. One day we're going to have to give an account for how we lived, how we heard the voice of God and made adjustments in it to live according to it. I hope that you are living for that well done. This is a cooperation with the Holy Spirit of the living God that we learn to hear him and then we um, choose wisely and then we make adjustments. And all that brings us back to where we were with experiencing God. And the key issue with experiencing God is the one of obedience. Is the one of obedience. As we learn to obey him, we learn to experience him. And that's the key. One day, Jesus was walking about, and a woman proclaimed, How great your mother is, the, the, the woman that gave you birth. And Jesus responds, says, On the contrary, blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. We want to have the abundant life, the, the uh, vi- a vital Christian life, It's revealed in obedience. It's a partnership with the Holy Spirit of God. You know, when we talk about some of this, this whole process, what part is God? God's and what part is ours? God God has done what he is. He's given us everything we need for life and godliness. And we need to obey. It's a partnership. It's nothing uh, that's dictated to us. We, We obey. And we see that played out. And these are the secrets to this life that he talks about. You come to know God by personally, relationally experience God as you obey him. It doesn't get much more complex. It's very simple as we learn to trust and obey him. When we see the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, Faithfulness, self-control. These are fruit of the Holy Spirit and are distinctives of the abundant life as we live a life of faith and obedience. That abundant life that Jesus was talking about as we learn to yield ourselves and obey him and walk in it. That's life. That's the abundant life. So we conclude, and the question that I have for you And each of us daily, we say, where are you in this process? And it's a daily process, isn't it? I know of God's great work. I know that he has pursued a relationship with me. He invites me to join him in this. He speaks. I read his word. I hear it proclaimed. I hear it taught. I hear it from others. I have a crisis of belief. Do I believe it or not? 
Do I walk in obedience to it or not? I have to make adjustments. And as I am obedient, I experience Him. So I just, we're going through this. It's important to see where we are because there are times we have hang-ups all along the way here. Some things, we're not willing to make those adjustments. We want to hold on to those sins that so easily entangle us. And we need to let them go. Sometimes we don't read our Bible. When How do we know God's will if we don't know God's word? We don't take time with him each and every day. We don't take time in Sunday school. We don't take time to attend church. I commend you. Look at you. This is wonderful that you're wanting to hear a word from God. And I hope that this encourages you, that you can say, you know, I'm hanging on to that sin and I don't need to. God's told me that I need to release. I've got to make an adjustment here. And that's why I share this with you, is that God has done everything and desires us to walk in this abundant life. He's a good God. He's a loving God. He wants us to, to partner with him and to experience this vital Christian life, this abundant life. We're going to close with a hymn of invitation. And I hope that this has encouraged you to want to walk with God and to to recognize sometimes where there's hang-ups in this relationship that you are holding on to things and you're, you're not doing it God's way. And God's good. He's merciful. His grace is sufficient. It's plentiful. And so as we learn to walk with Him, we experience God. And that is life, the abundant life. And that's what he desires for us. We'll have our hymn of invitation. If you would like to um, pray with me, I'd be happy to pray with you. If you want to kneel uh, at the altar and just talk to God about anything, we'll respect your privacy. But we want to encourage you to be in this relationship with the Lord Jesus. And to recognize, well, there's some things that got me and I need to let go. There's some things I need to make adjustments to. And so with our hymn of invitation, we'll close. Thank you for your singing and the the sacred time of invitation. And I pray that you'll take time to look at your notes and to contemplate these, think on these things. And determine where you are in that process each and every day as we walk with God and that we experience his life. Let me close this in a prayer. Father, thank you for the gathering of the saints this morning. Thank you that your Holy Spirit is powerful and mighty and active among us. Thank you that you have given us everything we need for life and godliness. Now I pray, Father, that you would give us a willing heart, that we would walk in your ways, that we would make those adjustments knowing that you are the way, the truth, and the life, that we would conform our lives to yours and that we would obey you in these aspects of life and that we would experience the abundant life full and free. To your glory we pray in Christ's name. Amen.